Welcome to An Amber A Day, the podcast all about functional nutrition for PCOS. I'm Amber Fisher, a certified nutrition specialist and licensed dietitian nutritionist, and I have training in functional medicine. I also have PCOS, and on this podcast, we discuss PCOS in depth, the nutrition strategies for it, as well as the realities of living with it and making this lifestyle work. For further guidance and meal plan support, you can check out the show notes for links to my PCOS courses and programs. And if this podcast helps you, please do me a favor and leave me a review. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into today's episode. Um, You're listening to An Amber A Day, the podcast, and I'm Amber Fisher. I am a functional nutritionist in San Antonio, Texas, who specializes in PCOS, infertility, hormone balance. This podcast is all about that and motherhood and the IVF journey. So I'm really excited today because I have Monique uh, from the Infertility and Me podcast on with me today. So we're going to talk a little bit to her just about her journey and um, what she does for the IVF community. She's really a bright light in that community. So it's very exciting for me to talk to her and learn a little bit more deeply about what she's gone through and and stuff like that. So welcome, Monique. Thanks for being on here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Amber, for having me on the podcast um, and so much for your kind, kind words. I'm really not that nice in person. I'm a lot more introverted, but (laughs) yeah, I am too, actually. So like doing, you know, I think it's funny because what is it with us introverts and we always end up making podcasts and like putting yeah. ourselves out there when I'd rather just be like curled up with a book and like, yes. you know, yes. but, um, but no, I love, you know, I think one thing that being an introvert really lends itself to is deep conversations with other yeah. people. So I see that a lot with you, you know, I bringing up topics that like are typically taboo, but yet you address them in such a real, relatable way and funny too. Like you <laughs> always are cracking me up. I mean, I look forward to like your post because I'm like, I just almost yeah, every day you're doing something like, that's really cracking emotional me. Emotional, it's going to be really funny. So yeah, right. there's no in between with me. I'm going to give it to you hot or cold. That's right. Cracking up. <laughs> that's right. So um, anyway, tell me about you, Monique. Like, how? Um, mm-hmm, tell me your mm-hmm. your fertility story, I guess, and just yeah. a little bit about you. So I reside, and I'm way farther up from Amber. I'm in Maryland. Um, still oh. on the East Coast. So I live right outside of Washington, D.C. And okay. I was actually born in Northern Virginia and uh, pretty much lived here my whole life. We did live in Pennsylvania for about three years. We had a couple businesses up there. And then once we were done with that, we moved back home. You know, um, there's not too many places we would live in, in the United States based on weather and all that stuff like that. So the <laughs> East Coast provides a little bit of everything for us here in Maryland, um, an essential part of the United States. But um, I, before I met my husband, was a cosmetologist, and I also, a little fun fact, was a minister, an ordained minister. Wow. (laughs) I was really young when I um, gave my my life over to Christ in the Christian faith. Um, I had grew up in church all my life, and so I never saw myself as a minister and um, there weren't any ministers in my immediately immediate family at the time. Um, never had been really, but um, I ended up being an ordained minister by the time I was 23, 24. Wow. Um, I left the party scene at around like 20, 20, 21 and a half, almost 22. 
And I just felt this calling to spirit and to get closer to the creator. And um, the way that in which I needed to do that back then was through the Christian faith. And so when I delved deeply into it and gave it my all, which I do with things that I, that I become passionate about, um, I did become an ordained minister. And I was a cosmetologist when I met my husband. Before that, I worked in a nursing field. So I've always been kind of like on this healing kind of like journey and always de- delving within the, the healing spaces. Um, a lot of co- people don't know a cosmetologist often act as coaches and mentors mm-hmm. to their clients. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talking, girl chat, and just listening. So that's been my life now that I look at it, now that I'm older, has always been on the path to being a healer. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to continue on that journey and accept what the creator in the universe has put before me. And, um, You know, that really speaks to me a lot, um, actually, because when I was in my early 20s, I also got into ministry. I was a chaplain at a hospital for a while, and I was like this close to going and getting my MDiv to get Mm -hmm. ordained and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I just switched tracks because I realized that I didn't quite fit in that world either, you know, like my thoughts and things were broader. I don't talk about this a lot on the podcast and stuff. Cause you know, I get like, I've, it's very personal to me, my spiritual journey and everything like that. Yeah, but you know, yeah. that's interesting that like both of us kind of were in that world for a while. You know, I think a lot of people who end up getting into healing professions, you know, it's like, we're, we're called in these different directions yeah. at a young age, we don't quite know what, like where we're headed yet. And then we have to settle, but you're absolutely right. I mean, as a nutritionist, I, you know, I am not a counselor, but I certainly function as a counselor for a lot of people. And I can imagine that like anything to do with cosmetology, like hair, intimate with people, you know, because letting somebody touch your hair is intimate. Letting someone touch your hands and manicure your hands. And I wasn't a pedicurist or a manicurist. Um, I did that for my mom and select few. I'm just weird about that kind of stuff with strangers, but <laughs> I definitely was the, <clears throat> was the kind of, um, and, and innately, naturally, I am a listener. I'm a yeah. Libra. So, you know, I'm the lady with the balance and scales. And so mm-hmm. I'm always, Libras, we're peacemakers. Mm-hmm. We always try to find the justice in things. We hate unfairness. Mm-hmm. And so everything that's going on with Black Lives Matter movement and mm-hmm. anything that's going on in um, various continents. Uh, with people being suffering and oppression yeah. and all that stuff, it it really brings a lot of emotions up for people like myself being an yeah. empath and then also a Libra. So it's like, yeah. like why I say, like my whole life's journey has always been about healing and yeah. finding ways to do that. And it wasn't until after I became ordained that I realized that my thought process and my views and my opinions about certain things were much broader than the Christian mm-hmm. faith allowed you to be as a minister. And so I resigned mm-hmm. um, right before my husband and I got married in 2010. We got mm-hmm. married December 2010 and I resigned that September. You know, the healing has always been there. Um, yeah. So being in a fertility space, helping people with the podcast, and I've just recently delved into creating uh, free meditations for my listener friends. I don't call, like to cool. call my listeners audience. I like to call them friends. So my listener friends, fertility friends, I've started doing that, which is like really another way of me putting myself out there vulnerable in a vulnerable way. Yeah. Um, and so it's really helped the, 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 um, the podcast and being in this space has really helped me become a better 
person and it has be it's helped me become a better healer. Yeah. Too. Um and my I have my fertility journey and the birth of my son to thank for that. Mm-hmm. Because um although I was always very good at it, I wasn't the best at showing my own vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. I allowed yeah. people to I gave space for other people to feel vulnerable with me, but I didn't do it in return, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't um, allow them in in that way. So now that yeah. I do, it's definitely, definitely made me a better person and um, has really brought, brought on some empathic abilities that I didn't think I would ever have. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. Well, hey, no, I resonate with that a lot. You know, that that mirrors a lot of what I have gone through. I got married in, in 2011. Um, that chaplaincy stuff was around that time too. Yeah. So like, you know, just really interesting that we, we have a lot in common and I'm Scorpio, but I have a lot of Libra. So, um, yeah, I do. (laughs) So I find that really, you know, I really, uh, resonate with that, but I think, um, it's very difficult when you're going through all this stuff as a person who is a healing type, because we put so much of ourselves into everyone else, but it is, like you said, it's very hard to put yourself out there and be vulnerable. And that, that's why, you know, my Instagram and everything is so new because I yeah. just like just this summer made the commitment that like I'm going to be more real and more honest about what I've been through and put it out there because I feel like these stories need to be told. Um, but, you know, very hard for me to do that. Like it really took mm-hmm. a lot to mm-hmm. kind of say, all right, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. And I admire you so much for you know, all the work that you've been doing. Cause I really do feel like, you know, you're helping a lot of people with what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, and you know, if it's one person, then that's, that's yeah. Me, you know, that's where are me. those meditations? Where can we find those? The, the, the newest one, which yeah. is the first one that I've created is it is on my website. So when you go okay. on the website, it'll be a pop-up that'll direct you to cool. that part of the page. So you don't have to look for it and search for it. And awesome. if you connect with me on Instagram, there's a link in the link in my bio. Okay. Well. I make everything very easy and accessible because I know everybody's attention spans are really, really short right, right. now and yeah. you don't have to do too much to go through. So right. you'll um you'll just be able to go right to it, whether you go on Instagram or my um or on my website. I make it very easy. It's a download, an MP3 download, so it can go directly onto whatever device you prefer, whether it's your phone yeah. or your laptop. Because you can, you know, if you do a meditation quickly in your office, you just got off a bad call with somebody and you need a minute. Yeah, it is. It does have music <laughs> behind it. It's not silent. It's not like an affirmation meditation. Right. So it does have music behind it um, to just help you get into their vibe and everything. And um, I'm hoping to do some really creative things with the free meditations for my listener friends and for the fertility friends on Instagram because That's a lot of them do use meditation. And yeah. I kind of want to break the stigma that you can be Christian, you can be Muslim, and you mm-hmm. can be Catholic and practice Catholicism and still meditate. They're yeah. two very different things. And that was one thing I didn't know before mm-hmm. uh, learning about it more after I uh, left the Christian faith um, and resigned as a minister. They're two very different things, but I do my best to present it in a way that anybody can use. You know, it's just so funny how how life works. Yeah. And Tell me a little bit about your... Yeah fertility story. So yeah, when did you yeah. and your husband kind of start <laughs> trying for kids and all that? <laughs> if I cry, I'm just letting you know, guys, you know I'm a hey, that's baby, okay. <laughs> fertility has made me like the biggest crybaby. It's so funny. But yeah, so it was 2012. We had been married for two years. Um, I was 29. 
and I hadn't been pregnant. And I had been off of birth control since about 2008. So it had been some time, but I was practicing. Before I, I met my husband, I was practicing celibacy. And so, um, you know, of course, I wasn't going to get pregnant during that time. But um, I never got pregnant while we dated. Um, I never got pregnant after we got married the two years. And so I was like, something's got to be off. You know, something's wrong. Um, and so I went to the, for the, to the fertility specialist and had my HSG, which is the water dye test, to see if your tubes are open and if your fallopian tubes have any blockage, if your um, uterus has any cysts, fibroids, anything like that going on. Everything was fine except for I had a right tubal blockage. And um, we we moved forward with the IUI and it was unsuccessful. Um, there was nothing wrong with my husband. Um, they had it so easy. I feel like, you know, all they got to do is get their, their sperm checked and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but, <laughs> you know, there are men who have, you know, some really difficult cases, but it wasn't the case for us. It was female factor always has been. And so we had the unsuccessful IUI and then we didn't do anything else for four years. Uh, we went on this hiatus to, I guess, mentally even deal with it, you know, mm-hmm. and it was scary. You know, I I didn't think I would ever have a baby after getting that diagnosis. And I did all the things. I did the Rakai specialist, which is great. If you've been considering doing it just because, do it. Um, I did that. I've done hypnotherapy. I've done um, past, reg- past regressive life therapy um, to deal with some um, deep rooted issues and find out where they came from. So that's really interesting and very enlightening. So if you've been thinking about it, you can do that too. Um, And then four years later, with lots of meditation, prayer, getting my body prepared for motherhood, we went back and I didn't have right tubal blockage anymore, but I did have uterine polyps, which are like small little skin tags in the uterus. And um, I have them on my cervix, but it doesn't cause any pain or bleeding like they sometimes can. So they removed the, the polyps in my uterus, cleaned that up. And then I had to be treated for hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the working out and weightlifting that I was doing was contributing to the hormonal imbalance mm-hmm. and caused the hypothyroidism. Yeah. I don't have it anymore. I just got checked a month ago and trying to conceive baby number two. So right now I'm like kind of in this unexplained phase. Yeah. But um, summer of 2016, we got our big fat positive after our second egg retrieval. Uh, we never had the first uh, egg embryo transfer because the egg didn't fertilize. It just mm-hmm. wasn't a good match. Um, either the egg quality or the sperm wasn't right or something. And so um, the second um, egg retrieval resulted in the positive embryo. And we did a three-day fresh transfer because we opted for natural cycle IVF, which is mm-hmm. a less invasive form of IVF, less medication, mm-hmm. and it works naturally with your cycle if you get your cycle regular every month, yeah. um, which has never been an issue for me. But I do have like low progesterone. I'm, I'm known for having that. Because I spot like two to three days before my period starts. And that's an indication of low congestion mm-hmm. um, and or low estrogen, too. So mm-hmm. um, which is which still happens with me now and everything. I've gotten it shorter down to like a day before, but it's still still not right, you know. Yeah. And so we got our big fat positive. My first beta test was 786. It was high wow. and it was vi- it was viable. But he came early. I had him at 24 weeks, four days. So, Wow. Yeah, I didn't know you had a 
Yeah, so much devastation between infertility and then having a, being a Nikki mom and not knowing yeah. what happened. Um, statistically, uh, baby micro preemie boys do not survive uh, being born so early, and so and he had like he had like maybe 40 percent chance of survival and yeah. not having any mental or physical delays. But let me tell you guys, <laughs> you wouldn't know it if you saw him today. Yeah, um, um, he. He has surpassed all of his milestones. Um, he's done so very early. Um, he's How old is he now? He's three and a half. half. Yep, he'll be four January 20th. But he's so intelligent. Um, he's just so blessed that, you know, everything that we've been through, he's, he's here and he's he's my signs and wonders every day. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but my my son was also a preemie. He was, I had him I at 30 weeks. That. Yeah, I did see that. So not anything like what you went through, but, you know, I had a long a fairly long NICU stay and yeah, that's still long. you know yeah. that it's like after you go through all this stuff to get pregnant and everything. And I don't think a lot of women realize who are going through IVF that, that IVF moms have a higher rate of having preemies, you know, yeah. and then I, you know, it's male children, risk. you know, yeah, they told me, well, yeah, he's, yeah. he's wimpy or whatever they said, you know, yeah. they called him a wimpy white boy. Cause yeah, I guess that's that's term. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, it was, and he did great. I was very proud of him, but gosh, was that an experience? I was on, I was on so much adrenaline during that whole process that I haven't even, I didn't even start processing that Nick, you stay until like recently. And he's almost a year old, you know, Yeah, I kind of had the same experience. Yeah. you know, you're yeah. just kind of focused on them and getting them out of there, like as quick as you possibly can. So how long was he in the NICU for the entire four months? Wow. Because because he was 15 weeks early. Yeah. And he he his graduation date is May 29th, um, and his original due date was um, between the 8th and the 14th of May. So wow. he would have been a Taurus. But um, yeah, we we stayed the entire stay, and God bless our doctors and nurses there at Washington Hospital Center in DC. Shout out to them, because they they wanted him to stay longer, even though he wasn't on any oxygen and he hadn't been. Um, probably close to a month when he left, but they mm-hmm. wanted, they just, they were so hell bent on making sure that, um, that he would, he wouldn't have any bradycardias. You remember yeah. that term? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bradycardia yeah. is when the baby. Brady's and apneas. Yeah. Just, oh my gosh. The yeah. Baby just forgets for mm-hmm. a second to breathe and it's really common with babies and they just have to grow out of it. Yeah. yeah. It's so freaking scary the first time. It's it so it's scary. Like, oh my God. Freaking alarms. So scary. I can still hear those alarms. Yeah, I, I know. never forget the alarms. Never forget. Yeah, that. sometimes I care. dream those. Mm-hmm. Let me sometimes I dream that sound and it wakes me up. It's yeah. Just, oh my gosh, I had video. Like I watch old videos. You know, you watch old videos from. When, mm-hmm. I don't. I'm, I'm sure you and your husband took so many pictures. Oh yeah, so many freaking videos. Oh you can yeah, make a movie, right? <laughs> yeah. And I listen back, and I'm listening to like all the beep, 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 and the sounds, and it just it's like nostalgic because you go right back to that yes. time, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I can't believe we endured that. Like I don't I care if your baby was born five days early, four days early, a month mm-hmm. early. NICU is very scary because yes. it's, it's much like infertility because you do not know what is going to happen. What's the outcome? Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, and especially when you're when your child is born you know, significantly early and it's sudden and everything. Did, did you, did you have warning that he was coming? Were you able to get steroid shots and stuff or was yeah, it like magnesium? Burns like yeah. Hell. yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I did that too. Yeah. 
I was on bed rest for a week at the hospital before he actually came. Mm-hmm, so he too. was born. At, he was. I went into premature premature labor at 23 weeks, five days. Had him exactly a week later at 24 weeks, four days the next Friday. Wow. So I had been in the hospital all freaking week. Couldn't brush my teeth for like the first yes. freaking days. So I'm like having dragon breath and stuff. And I know the freaking nurses were talking about me, okay? But it was just so freaking wild. Because yeah, they you know kept. Happened? Yes, it's, oh, it's they nice. kept me in in that labor and delivery room for days because yes. they had me on the magnesium, and they didn't want to. Tra- they were talking, you know, like I had different doctors say, "Okay, you might like we might stop labor and you might get to go home." And then I had other doctors be like, "No, you're going to be here till you deliver." And I just didn't know what was going on. They had the NICU mm-hmm. doctor come in. I don't know if this happened to you. The yeah, NICU doctor comes she in and talks to you. Me, she was the one who told me 40% because he was a boy. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Yes. And you're just like, uh, what? you know, because after everything that you go through and I don't know how your pregnancy was, but I had a really difficult, like hard pregnancy. I was on bed rest for most of it. And so it was just like, it just felt like this constant I fertility, everything fertility related for me has always just felt like fighting nature, you know, just like this constant battle, just trying to just grab whatever pieces I can, you know, and all I ever prayed for was just one. I just wanted to have one, you know, and I got my, I got my wish. So like, I'm grateful for it and everything, but Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of grief and trauma associated with that. And the fact that like, you know, it is still quite lonely sometimes. Um, And referring back to your, your previous statement, about pregnancy and then still being a support to those who haven't conceived yet. Um, my pregnancy, I, I still grieve my pregnancy. And it is one of the reasons why I want to have a second one, because I want to have a second chance of experience the full pregnancy. Yeah. yeah. And it took me a long time to admit that. And it's only been recently that I have been able to talk about it without crying. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt cheated. You know, I didn't have a yeah. baby shower. I didn't get to do the, the beautiful pregnancy photos with my naked belly and my half naked self. Like I want, I was going to do it all. You hear me? Do mm-hmm. it all. I never got a chance to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I think a lot of times we forget that we desire for this baby during infertility, infertility, but we don't prepare our minds for after the baby's born, which mm-hmm. is so hell bent on focusing on getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so when he was born, I just going into the, the the mother's and the father's bathroom outside of the NICU because we weren't allowed to use the bathroom in the NICU. Mm-hmm. We had to go outside yeah. of it and use the bathroom. Too. <laughs> and um, which is great because it did keep, yeah. you know, it RSV down mm-hmm. and all that stuff, you know. And, um, and I would just cry all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I would just cry all the time. And then, you know, seeing him for the first time, he 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 looked really good for being mm-hmm. so early. But it was just still so freaking scary, you know. And then my husband had was grieving and stuff, you know. And 
I think men go through that thing where they try to detach themselves in, in the beginning because they don't know what's going to happen and they don't want to get they don't want to get too more attached than what they already are. And then, but I had a really good pregnancy. I had one little scare, and that was it up until the time I gave birth and had um, him at 23. And he went into premature labor at 23 weeks. Um, he made I was really pretty when I was pregnant. He he made me beautiful. I mean, tell I'm mean, telling you, my hair was thick <laughs> and my nails. Well, my nails weren't growing. I had I usually have really long nails, but that's the only thing. My nails didn't grow. It was the opposite of the way that it normally would have been. So my nails are breaking a lot, but my hair was beautiful, girl. It was just oh my gosh, it had gotten so thick. But you know, it's um, I went through all of. It. I just kept saying to myself when I was went through premature labor and when they rushed me to get my c-section i was just like oh my gosh i was like lord christ holy spirit universe i was calling on all the angels all the the one thing i say when i pray and meditate is all that is pure and of good light in this universe and the next whatever I, i know we didn't come this far you know through infertility for four years yeah. Through the disagreements, the arguments, the bitterness, the resentment, you know, all the freaking supplements I took, all the <laughs> money I spent, you know what I right. mean? I didn't do all of this to lose my freaking baby. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, I think that if I had lost him due to premature birth, I don't know what where I would be right mm-hmm. now. I don't. There's yeah. No way. I think about that a lot too. I'm like, you know. And I see that, I see that happening sometimes to other women. I've seen recently, I saw a couple of women that that happened to, and I just, I can't like my heart breaks for that and no words could ever like even validate it. Yeah, no, but I, I mean, having been through the NICU experience, like, and knowing just how deeply attached and bonded you are to that baby from like the moment he's born. Like I can't even imagine it going through. And sometimes these, these babies go, they're alive for months and then they die. And you just think, why, you know, why I just, they they get off the oxygen and then something else happens with a, with an internal organ. They get neck or something. Yeah. Or they get get that V. Right. And you you wonder why, I mean, you know, I've been kind of in maybe a slightly darker place lately than I have been before because with my cancer coming back and having to have everything removed and all that over the summer, it's been, it's been a hard year. I think, I think a lot of people have been through a really hard year this year. Um, But for me, I feel like, you know, this has been a particularly hard year for me. And I often find myself wondering things like that, you know, why do these things happen? Um, I don't know. And I don't think there's really good answers for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do know that women who go through these things are some of the strongest people I've ever met. Like Mm -hmm. I'm amazed by them. Like what Mm -hmm. you went through after everything that you had already been through to have to go through that and worry all that time about your son. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I, and, and Amber using the word, you know, are some of the strongest people that we know, women we know and whatever your gender identity is. Um, that does not mean that you cannot cry, you know, and right. I, yeah. I like to reiterate that a lot because being strong, um, it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yes. You know, it's a blessing yeah. and a curse, but I, it doesn't, I am not a toxic positivity person. I'm uh-huh. not going to tell you 
not to feel bad about something, I'm going to tell you, okay, well, let's, let's talk about it. You know what I mean? Let's figure out why, what's the root cause of that and go below the surface level because being strong does not mean you cannot cry. Being strong does not mean you don't get to be vulnerable and you don't, and you're not courageous and you're not brave. That's why I like Brene, Brene Brown and her teachings and her yes. work that she does. Um, and her podcast is great if you've never listened to it. It's called, called um, Unlocking Us. And um, bravery and strength are the same thing. And I think that, I think that especially in the fertility space, because we deal with so much uncertainty, you just constantly feel like you can't get out of the slump of of the negativity. And it's very difficult to, 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 to discipline your mind to say, okay, this is what it is. I'm going to acknowledge it right here in this moment. And I'm not going to re- overreact about it, but I'm just, I'm, I am going to deal with it. You know, yeah, it's very hard to do. It's hard to find that balance between like, mm-hmm. you know, because on the one hand, you want to have a certain sense of like hopefulness or positivity yeah. about the treatments that you're going through. On the other hand, I personally, I'm a huge realist, right? Some people mm-hmm. might say I'm a pessimist, but I say I'm a realist. But, you mm-hmm. know, I look at statistics and facts and I like to be, and I know a lot of women are like this. I like to know the risks and know yeah. what to potentially prepare myself for. I found that that helps me through the IVF process more than like this, like you said, toxic positivity of like, it's going to work out. Everything's going to be great. You know, I, that's just not me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's authentic. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's not really how I felt inside. I didn't really know that it was going to work. And mm-hmm. saying it and affirming it in a way that I felt like was fake wasn't useful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big soapbox of mine because I see some of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, I, I worry about when, when we do that, when we try to be positive at all costs and we don't really give space for the real emotions that we're feeling Cause that always catches up with you. You know, I mean, I've experienced mm-hmm. that in my life, you know, like with everything that I've been going through this summer, I've been trying to be, you know, I mean, it's hard when you have a, a baby now, you know, cause it's like, everything's about, to focus. Like, yeah. and I don't have time to grieve and all that. So yeah. when it, when it does hit me, it hits me because of something else that happened, like, you know, a bee stuck me the other day yeah. and I'm like, Whoa, crying about, you know, yeah. and it wasn't about the bee. It was about everything else but but you know it's important to really take space for for the real emotions that you're feeling whether they be positive and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. hopeful which is the case too i mean i think you can have both at the same time you know you yeah, can be hopeful I, I, you know you can have emotions that are that have a negative sense behind them and you have your positive emotions but none of it is bad and I yeah think a lot of times we feel like negative emotions that, you know, right. worry, stress, anxiety, depression, anger, those are not bad things. They just are what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, just like with life, I find a lot of, a lot of comfort in the idea that shit just happens. Yeah. You know, I find a lot of comfort in that because it takes I a lot too. of pressure off of me mm-hmm. and that I didn't do anything to, mm-hmm. for this to happen. It wasn't karma. Mm-hmm. And so, because for a while I felt like it was karma. Like I maybe I had did something to someone a long time ago. And so this is my punishment. I'm being stuck with infertility and having a baby at 24 weeks and not knowing if he's going to live or not. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 
it's um you know shit just happens you guys yeah that's it i take comfort in um there's a christian idea that i'm sure you're familiar with that god takes things that are negative in our life and uses them for our benefit so it's not that he causes the bad things to mm-hmm. happen but yeah. when bad things do happen because shit happens mm-hmm. we can turn that around and turn it into something beautiful. Um, And I see that a lot with people who've been through awful, horrible things, you know, they take that and they turn that into a light for other people. And gosh, if we can, if we can't do anything but that, like that's enough because life is so hard. Um, I get, I I think everybody goes through very difficult things in their life. Some things are more public than others, but Mm -hmm. I think we all go through stuff and, some of times, sometimes it seems like some people have it harder than others, you know, it does, yeah. and um, those people end up oftentimes being great healers who do really important work. So, you know, they yeah. turn it into something yeah. positive, but yeah. And, you know, it's all about accepting the calling mm-hmm. to, your, to your life's work too, yeah. because there's many people who go through things like this and much worse and they choose to live their life in a different route, or maybe they didn't accept the calling of being of service. Right. Um, I think it is a calling because <clears throat> um, in a lot of ways it goes um, without being noticed mm-hmm. and you don't get, you don't all becoming a healer doesn't mean you're going to be that influencer on Instagram mm-hmm. who has the 20,000 followers plus, mm-hmm. you know, and has that level of influence. Um, you could have 200 people following you, but then you may have a podcast that gets a thousand, 2000 plus listens a week. You know, so a lot of a lot of the healing space goes unnoticed mm-hmm. when you're what I call a micro influencer mm-hmm. um, and you feel like it's being unnoticed, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And the healers, being a healer and having the healing capability, um, there's no way you can be a healer and not have suffered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that's what the life of Christ was about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we um, go through things like this, um, you can either accept the purpose behind it or you don't. And not everybody finds purpose that for them mm-hmm. going through infertility. You know, mm-hmm. I just yeah. I just knew for myself that I didn't go through all of this for nothing mm-hmm. to keep it to myself, mm-hmm. to keep the things that I've learned to myself. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what I do in life. You know, what kind of business I open, I always find there's always people that come that find me that need healing mm-hmm. you know, yeah I, I, those kind of people just draw to me yeah you know the and they get what they need and then they move on you know yeah and um you know it's a and lot. I think like <laughs> we're having a good talk right now I really like I'm like I love this woman um but yeah you're absolutely right I mean like you were talking about influencers and stuff mm-hmm. and being a micro influencer and um you know, there's temptation sometimes with me to, to kind of want a bigger audience because mm-hmm. I feel like I have something to say. Right. Right. But in my work that I do, I'm never without somebody that I'm helping and they find me like the ones who really need yeah. me find me. And yeah. so, um, you know, you, there's a lot of noise out there. Like there's a lot of noise on Instagram. 
That's one of the reasons why I like held off like getting on there. Yes. I was like, I don't know if I want to deal with this. And like, I don't take good enough pictures and all this stuff. But somebody told me one time they were like, you know what? Really what Instagram is is best for is it's a storytelling platform. So if you Mm -hmm. have a story to tell, you tell what you tell and the people who are meant to find it will find it. And, you know, mm-hmm. if that means that you end up one day with like a hundred thousand followers, well, then you do. Oh, yeah. But if it's 200 people, but you really impacted their life, then yeah. that's, you know, that's yeah. great too. So, um, exactly. I think you're totally right. That suffering breeds healing. Like there's no, you know, healers are always the wounded healer. Everybody who has been wounded, I think does have that capability, whether they want to use it or not. I mean, it's up to them. And I, like you said, not everybody finds purpose in their infertility journey. For me, I have to make purpose out of stuff because if I don't, I'm like, you know, that takes me to a really dark place if I don't try to find some purpose for it. So, (laughs) so maybe it's just human nature, but I don't think so. But you know, I don't either. I don't either. And, um, you know, I, I told myself going into this because um, you know, as a podcaster, it takes time yeah. to, mon- to monetize. And that's whether you sell a product or either, whether you get advertisement deals. And, stuff. Mm-hmm. and I told myself, you know, if it never happens, it never happens, you know, yeah. but as long as somebody's listening, I'll continue to do it. Yeah. And, and there's been some things that happened over this last year since I've been doing it. It'll be a year in, in November. Okay. There's been some things in my life where I just could easily put the mic down. Yeah. Easily put the mic down, you know yeah. I mean? Home life. And but then somebody will message me and be like, oh, my God. You yeah. Know? And so or, uh, you know, another f- fertility friend in the space like yourself or myself, who's an influencer, will hit me up and be like, can we collab and do something? So it's like just when I feel like I don't have anything left to give, mm-hmm. you know, universe sends me somebody. Yeah. You know, sends me an angel, an angel to remind me that, you know, what you have to offer is still needed. Yeah. And so let me tell you. I never thought I would have 3,000 people following my podcast page. Mm-hmm. It's like incredible to me. That's that's like amazing to me because even though I know I had busy to share and I have the capability to help people heal, I just never thought I would have that kind of impact on people at mm-hmm. all. And it, it still, it, it brings me to tears every time somebody sends me a message or leaves a nice review for the podcast. It, it, I literally get teary-eyed and I cry because I just never thought that um, that my, that my voice will be that powerful, you know? Yeah. And, um, so I say it all the time, like they keep me going, yeah. <laughs> they keep me going because mom life and wife left wife life mm-hmm. and just life in general. Like mm-hmm. I tell you, it's, you know, it's a lot to keep up with, but, um, yeah. it's, uh, it is, I, I've been doing know, my, yeah. my podcast since, um, I started it in November, 2018 gotcha. and I am still, like not even to 20 episodes yet, because like you said, yeah. stuff gets in the way. Mm-hmm. I put the mic down for months at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, somebody always comes back and they're like, Hey, I really miss your podcast. Why don't you still do mm-hmm. that? Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, they want to know like if they can come on there or what. And so it's, it's just like, it keeps you going. I often have thought, am I really just talking to myself here? You know, yeah. like, is this mm-hmm. reaching anyone? Every time I start thinking that, then somebody is like, says that they're, you know, they're, they'll message me, Hey, I'm listening to you right now. And I'm like, okay, so, so there's somebody out there that needs to hear what 
thing to hear. I think you're proof positive of that. Cause like with those 3000 followers, I mean, I see that like people love you. Like you are just a, a, such a light. I mean, you really are like, you know, I scroll through. So, you know, I have the two pages, right? I've got my nutrition page, which is, you know, kind of like I talk about nutrition stuff. It's like a funnel for, mm-hmm. for my pr- private practice. Yeah. And then I started my kind of pet project, which is like the after IVF. So motherhood after IVF stuff. And I don't really talk about nutrition on there at all. Cause that's just fun for me, but I follow yeah. people who are all like IVF related. And it's like, it's like, I don't know, you know, it's just noise, noise, noise. And then I see yeah. something from you and I'm like, oh, there's Monique. And I know your name. And I like, you know, there's just something about you that's special. Mm-hmm. So, you know. If you, if anything comes out of today's podcast for you, I just like, I want to remind you that you are so special and so like, you're awesome and you really bring a lot to the community. And I think people really, really value you. I know I do. So it's, um, I don't talk about it a lot. I have talked about it um, in recent months on um, like fertility rally. They had me on there with a young, another young woman who was, um, who was a black American and um, that was one of the things that I doubted um, in the beginning was because I am black and it's a very Caucasian space. Mm, and yeah. so that's why I said that, you know, the followers and the listeners, you know, who are the people who are that are like really finding me now. It's um, that's why it brings me to tears, because I'm like, you know, is anybody going to listen? Because I'm a brown girl, you know, and statistically, it takes a lot more time and work for brown skin creatives yeah. to become noticed yeah and to be valued yeah and so that was another thing too um that I often always doubted especially like the first six months and um and let me tell you some of the message I messages I get it's like and it doesn't happen all the time but when it happens it's like really impactful for mm-hmm. me as yeah. a creative and as a and as someone putting myself out there like that and you know, doing my comedy stuff, like people who know me in real life outside of and social media know that side of me. Mm-hmm. So me putting it out there for everybody else is like, it's new. It's really mm-hmm. new. <laughs> you know, I mean, with everything that you're talking about too, like I admire you so much because you're right. I mean, it is a very Caucasian space and there need to be more influencers of color. There need to be yeah. more influencers in the IVF community because they're, I mean, those people are out there, but you know, the fact that like we have a community where it doesn't feel like safe for people to like share their story, you know, maybe we need to look, I mean, obviously we need to look at a lot of things in this country a little bit deeper, but yeah. yeah. Um, I think we all have some prejudices about different races, you know, and what the impact that they have and what they go through in a fertility space. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's still, you know, it's so taboo in general. So yeah. when you think about it, it's like, it has to be taboo in individual cultural communities. It has to yeah. be really, I mean, I've watched documentaries in the last two years of women in South Asia <clears throat> that have to buy their, their menstrual pads and tampons and secrets still. You know, so it's like that's crazy. We we can't even normalize the conversation about the menses, and I know. give men the proper education on what is really a beautiful thing. Yeah, a really beautiful process, and yeah. that's one thing I'm going to do as a boy mom is make sure 
that my son understands and and, and has a, a, a positive view on what it really is and not yeah. shaming women and say, oh, you want this time and the money, did it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, as a nutritionist, I taught, I mean, you know, I, spe- I specialize in fertility. So all over my Instagram page are references to menstrual cycles and, you know, bowel movements and stuff like that yeah. stuff. Is, you know, that's the human body. It's how it functions where we're all part of our human bodies for the these lifetimes that we're living. And we have to understand them, how they work and not be afraid of yeah. the words that describe them, you know, and uh so I'm big on that too. Yeah. And I think like as a feminist also teaching my son about what women go through mm-hmm. and, you know, the kind of extra thing, you know, my son's, he's, he's a white boy and I know what that means, you know, as far as the opportunities that mm-hmm. he will probably have and, mm-hmm. and all that. And I don't want him to grow up um, not being conscious of the things that the are given to him and like, you know, so as best as I can do, and I'm not perfect, um, but as best as I can do to help him understand not just women, but, um, people of other races and all of that. That's what I plan to try to do. So this is going to be a good one. I'm going to have trouble. (laughs) I'm going to have a lot of trouble editing this one down to like 45 minutes. I might just let it go long or I might do it in two parts. I don't know. You know, oh my gosh, it's so hard sometimes because, um, you know, but like you say, you know, you can do it in two parts too. That's the beauty of the podcast. Yeah. Right. You you get to choose, you make the content and you get to choose how it, uh, how the story is written. But you know, it's, um, it's very freeing to tell your story in the way that you want it to be told and Mm -hmm. giving space to other people to do something like I'm an air sign. And so most of the time air signs are very free spirit people Um, at the same time, introverted or introverted, you know, but I just feel like going into my forties, I feel like I'm 25 again, you know, even though I'm older. You know, and um, it's very liberating. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to look at my page or look at my podcast or what they don't think that they're not they're not welcome. That's yeah. always been my goal. Well, this has been a amazing conversation. I've enjoyed it so much. Um, I really feel like I got to know you really well, and I think my listeners will be really interested in like continuing to follow you and um, watch what you do and gain strength and, you know, balance and all those things from you. So can you tell everyone where they can follow you? Yeah. So Instagram um, is pretty long infertility and me podcast. Um, that's my main page. That's where I'm the most active. And then um, my website is the same, infertilityandmepodcast.com. And I do have a Facebook page. I do post on there if you prefer Facebook. Um, so anything that it's usually on Instagram is on Facebook too as well. So it's up cool. to really where you are the most comfortable. In and you said you have a website too? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Infertilityandmepodcast.com. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So I'll link to all that stuff in the show notes and everything. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, thank you everybody for listening and uh, have a great day.
Talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye. something today or you enjoyed today's episode or both i'd love it if you would leave me an itunes review and share this with a friend if this brought up a question for you that you would like to hear me answer there is a google form that you can use to ask me any question you want and i might answer it here on the podcast i do it all the time and i would love to hear from you thanks so much for listening see you next time